0: There's a lot of fact. There's a whole lot of fiction. Um, We've got a lot of new information coming in on what was behind Sunday's mass shooting and who. And really, depending on what side of the border you're on, you could get a totally different narrative. And while the narrative in Canada has overwhelmingly been about mental illness being the cause, given the family's statement, uh, CBS News reports that investigators have told them they're is information that the killer had visited ISIS and Al-Qaeda sites expressing support, and he had been watched by a few agencies. They also investigated and looked into whether he lived in Afghanistan and Pakistan at one time. And that article comes out, like it came out almost right after the public safety minister, Ralph Goodell, said, yep, no national security threat here. He wasn't on a wait list that we know. So what access to the American... Networks. I mean, CBS is not some fringe group. They are one of the mainstream. They did report on the van killings. A lot of the American uh, outlets reported on the van killings and had way more information than Canadian outlets. So what access do they have to information that we don't? And now tonight, the Toronto uh, Sun is reporting new information on the man who put himself as a point of contact to the family and who released the statement late yesterday, just before the news hour. And I think anyone who had doubt in that statement will see this new information certainly as something that raises an eyebrow. Anthony Fury penned that column. He joins us now. Hello there. Hey, Alex. Where do we start? Let's talk with uh, about Mohammed Hashim, who is the point person between, I guess, the family and the media. And according to your article, which uh, is now online, I've tweeted that out. You can also get it in the Toronto Sun. According to your article, he's a professional activist on record saying he's committed to framing a new narrative on Muslims in Canada, that he wants to start a national public movement. You say what?
1: Uh, yes, Mohammed Hashim is uh, is the fellow who's been presenting himself to media as the sort of representative of the family. When we see in in various media outlets and on the newspaper and so forth this family statement, and it is signed as the Hussein family, that has not come to media outlets through any member of the Hussein family, nor through say their their lawyer or some sort of official representative, but uh, from this gentleman Mohammed Hussein uh, Hussein, who is uh, an activist uh, Mohammed Hashim is, uh, is an activist who has a background supporting NDP candidates federally and provincially. And he describes himself as a driving force behind the National Council of Canadian Muslims. His full-time job is he is an organizer. That's the term that's used for the Toronto and York region, uh, labor council, an organization that'll be well known, uh, to people in the greater Toronto Hamilton area. It's, uh, headed by John Cartwright, who is the, uh, is the uh, husband of Toronto City Councilor Paula Fletcher. So this is a guy very much involved in sort of the NDP leftist activist scene. He is also involved in a number of Islamic uh, civil society organizations, the National Council of Canadian Muslims, something called Dawanat, which is quite well known among uh, among some Muslim Canadians. And uh, he's generally just a guy... Uh, 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 out and about in the scene, he spoke at, a, at an organization called Canroots 2016, Alex, which is a left-wing activist conference. And on his bio there, which, which echoes other bios that he has on other sites, so it suggests to me that perhaps he has written this bio, it says that his groundbreaking political advocacy, public relations, and media work has been widely credited by insiders as framing a new narrative. For Muslims in Canada. So I think what we have here, Alex, is a spin doctor and a spin doctor who did work for um, Faisal Hussein's family.
0: Well, clearly, this person would know the game because the statement came out uh, very conveniently just before the dinner news hour. And uh, I think a lot of people were raising an eyebrow to the slickness of it, uh, to the wording which was carefully crafted. And so there were a lot of people saying, I don't buy it. We had talked uh, with one security expert, Ross McLean, who said, I'm not buying this at all. And so there are people that say, yeah, this this doesn't sound right. And through reporting, including yours, now CBS, uh, National Post has an article out tonight by Christy Blatchford also saying mental illness does not seem to be... Um, really a thing that police had dealt with. In fact, it was other issues that they were being brought in to look at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to have more stories going live at the the Toronto Sun website later tonight that uh, suggest the same thing, speaking with people who knew him, family members who know him. It's very interesting that we have sort of A couple knee-jerk reactions. Generally, we think when something like this happens, well, was it Islamic radicalism or was it mental illness? And that's just sort of the playbook we use. After the vehicular ramming, we learned about this this sick community called incel. Mm -hmm. So maybe we've included that in our calculus now. And it's funny. Everyone was saying, what is it? What is it? And I was on the John Oakley show yesterday uh, when the name dropped that it was uh, Faisal Hussein, And then 15 minutes later, we also learned that there was a family statement, uh, a very polished statement, attributing it to severe mental illness. And one of the people on the panel who's there uh, with, with John Oakley and I on the show, she immediately sort of, you could see the, the ch- it click. Uh, she was a more left-wing panelist. And she said, well, there you go. The narrative then is that Doug Ford needs to invest more in, in mental health and mental illness issues. And I said, Hold on a second, and to echo Ross McLean, I'm not buying it fully either. And by fully, Alex, what I mean is maybe this uh, fellow was medicated for anxiety, depression, or schizophrenia. I I, I don't know. None of us really know. But that's not a reason for us to say, okay, nothing to see here. Move on, folks. This man is a victim just as much as he is a villain. So we really need to be cognizant of this. And and my story here, that a a spin doctor has been working with the family. And, And might I add, Alex, that no media outlet out there has received any communication from the family. None of the quotes out there are from a specific family member. The media has not appeared on any cameras, given quotes to any reporter. I'm not necessarily, I mean, this is a family that there's a lot of wild stuff going on right now. I'm not necessarily demanding that they do, but I'm just saying, keep that into perspective. Everything we know has come from this one spin doctor who has said that his goal is to frame a narrative of Muslims in Canada. And and, and that's been pretty explicit.
0: And you pushed him, correct, for more answers?
1: Uh, that is correct. There was an exchange that a, a couple uh, reporters at uh, at the Sun had with him, and initially he uh, refused to talk. He said, I'm sorry, I have no comment for the Toronto Sun. I think Joe Warmington's piece was incredibly irresponsible. I have no trust in your organization to convey any truth, because Joe reported uh, that police were looking into his online activities, uh, Faisal Hussein's, and saying that they had an interest in the shooter, and, and I guess that uh, perhaps uh, Mr. Hashim took an issue with that. He did later respond to to someone else, to myself, and say, "Look, I'm a friend of the family. I have shared their statement as requested. I am not their spokesperson. I'm sorry, but they're not doing any interviews for now." Which is, you know, interesting because what a spokesperson does is is manage people's requests for interviews. Uh, but he says he's not a spokesperson. And then the challenge is, how can we communicate with these people? Would he refer our requests along to them? It's my understanding he did not. And Alex, the other questions I put to to the gentleman, which he did not respond to, was how did he come in contact uh, with the Hussein family? He says he's a friend of the family. Is he uh, a new friend of the family? How long has he known him for? Did he suggest that he be the one uh, to release this statement?
0: Or was he brought in in by an outsider?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, we just don't know. And which family members are, are in this statement? Because it is not signed the mother, the father, anybody else. It says Hussein family. And we also know that this family uh, has a lot of turmoil going on in their lives right now. One is the sister's deceased, the brother's in a coma, the father has some sort of uh, medical concern. Various media quotes have suggested that the mother perhaps doesn't have... Uh, uh the easiest life either so who, who who is the statement is this all just the mother and i wanted to know if uh, if, if um, mr hashim had actually been a person drafting Uh, This email, because he uh, advertises himself as something of a very PR savvy individual. And this looks like a PR savvy statement, particularly. It's my understanding that the that the parents uh, English would be their second language. I don't know their level of fluency, but I wonder, did they draft this full statement?
0: Right. And some people will say, who cares? And and I will argue, even if he had a mental illness, that does not mean that he would not be able to be radicalized and dangerous. You can be actually both. But for argument's sake, you know, we hear the narrative of mental illness a lot and it seems to be um made into an excuse. I don't know what happened on Sunday because I'm still waiting for information to be comp- uh, you know confirmed by police, but we are starting to see more and more information come out that this may not in fact just be a case of mental illness. And and the other thing that I think bothers uh will will you know raise eyebrows or should anyway is the fact that any online activity of this person has been completely whitewashed completely erased you cannot find any kind of social media profile that would have given some good insight into the activities of the of the shooter
1: i would like to point out to listeners that the siu which seems to be dominating this case right now and which uh chief saunders almost seems to be deferring to the siu is a civilian oversight body some members of it and some people involved in it our Toronto police officers who I'm not sure what the correct term is have been seconded to it or whatnot they are not all that case the 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 lead on the SIU is someone who was I believe a, a Crown Prosecutor and head of I, I think an Ontario uh, legal association so these are not cops uh, running this show there and the, the people who head up the SAU are appointed uh, they are political appointments I believe based on this gentleman's term he would have been appointed by Dalton McGinty or, or by you know whoever the Attorney General was at that point. So it's very interesting that the SIU seems to have managed uh, the timing of the release of that name. And, and to all the people out there, Alex, who are, are saying rather uh, critical, hostile things to say Joe Warmington or maybe to myself for having written this piece. Well, Alex, when you say we are waiting for things to be confirmed by the press, and I, n- I know you don't mean what I'm just about to criticize, you just mean you know, we're asking them for further confirmation, but when people say wait for the, for the police to tell you, that's not how it works yeah. actually in a free society, uh, because if you wait for the Russian media nothing. to tell you, if you wait for North Korean state media to tell you, they will tell you only what they want you to hear and there's no guarantee but that is connected to the truth. So what has been happening in Canada since, I don't know, the 19th century is that the media asks challenging questions of politicians and also of the police on all of these issues too. Uh, perhaps get to the bottom of things. And that is that is what the process that's unfolding right now. And there's a lot of great people at Post Media and a lot of great people at Global News and Radio and Chorus Media who are doing just that.
0: Well, I, look, I think the, the media has been quite cautious and, and patient in the last couple of days of putting out information. I've got stuff uh, that I'm waiting to get confirmation on, but the bottom line is, it's going to come out and it's not coming out with confirmation from the police, which is extremely frustrating because it does. It, it creates this vacuum of misinformation and a lot of innuendo. But the bottom line Line is, Anthony, if this gentleman had mental illness, there will be a, a medical record that should prove exactly uh, who he had seen and who, what red flags were, were flying. So that, that should verify it one way or another, and maybe we'll find out in the next couple of days. I got to leave it there.
1: All right. Have a good one, Alex.
0: Thank you, sir. Anthony Fury, his article is now online. It raises a number of interesting Uh, Questions about this particular case and clearly more information is to come. On Point on Global News Radio.